This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. It's another day. We bless the name of the Lord for another wonderful evening. So God alone be all the glory. Let's pray this evening. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for the opportunity again to fellowship together as one family in Christ. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you open our eyes yet one more time to see into the things of the Spirit. Father, we ask that you enlighten us by your word and that you instruct us in your word by the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight or this evening, we are talking about something very important. The uh, offense and the believer's community. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> this is something that is very deep and it's very important because of the days that we are living in right now. I will start by reading the scripture. That will be our foundation. Hallelujah. Mm. Matthew 24, verse 10. I want everybody watching to pay attention because I'm speaking to the body of Christ by the grace of God about something that we need to be aware of. Now, the Bible says that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. And the Bible says, give no place to the devil. One of the ways of giving place to the devil is through offense. And this is something very serious. We have seen the advocate as wrecked in homes, in churches, in groups, in organizations. Offense. Now let's read something that Jesus said concerning the last days in Matthew 24. As he was talking about the events of the end time, Jesus said, Matthew 24 verse 10, he said, And then shall many be offended and betray one another and hate one another. Whew. This is deep. Jesus said, one of the things that will happen in the last days, you know, the beginning of this passage, they asked the master, that, what shall be the sign of your coming? And he talked about war. He talked about, we, 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 have, we have taught so much on those things, tribulation, war, uh, antichrist. But we, know, we also need to pay attention to something that Jesus mentioned in between that is very powerful. Jesus said, many shall be offended and they shall betray one another. In other words, once people become offended, they also start betraying people. Offense is something that the church must avoid like plague. Something that the church must teach on and help our people to understand that it must find no place in you. In Philippians 1.11, I just want to read. Then we go, we go on. Philippians 1.11, Apostle Paul said, maybe this is one of the things that we need to start doing regularly no, Bible says that, okay, verse 10, Paul said, Philippians 1.10, that ye be approved. Let's start from verse 8. Say, God is my record. How greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, 
that your love may abound more. It, it, it's the antidote. We we'll go to that later. Paul said, I pray that your love will abound more and more in all knowledge, in all judgments. If this does not happen to you, next verse will happen. It said that, that your love abound more and more in all knowledge, in all judgments. Verse 10, he said, that you may approve things that are excellent and that you may be sincere without offense. Paul said that as soon as you got born again, I began to pray for you that you, your love will abound more and more and that you'll be sincere without offense. Be sincere without offense in Christ because there will be occasions for you to be offended. Jesus said many, not few, shall be offended. They shall betray one another. They shall hate one another. One of the reasons why I'm sharing this, you see, the major antagonists or pastors, the greatest, uh, those who speak, loudest against the body of Christ are people who have been part of the body one time. And many times what people don't say is what is moving them to do this many times is panning from the place of offense. I wrote something yesterday on Facebook. If you are not grounded and rooted in love, run away from being a leader in God's house. You will get offended. And you might get offended to the point that you will reject Jesus Christ. Many shall be offended. How many people have stopped going to church? How many people now castigate a group that they once belonged to, that they once adored? How many people now speak evil of somebody that they once elogized and praised well? How many people because of offense? Let me show you something that happened to Jesus Christ. In Matthew 11, if you open to Matthew 11, this is a story that will bless you. But we can learn something from it. Remember, the same John dipped Jesus inside the water. And as he baptized Christ, he saw heaven open. He saw the Spirit of God descend. You know, he saw it. He saw the Holy Ghost. Descending like a dove would descend upon Jesus. And he heard a voice. This is my beloved son. Brothers and sisters, John saw the vision. John heard the voice. But aren't you amazed? In Matthew 11, John sent people to Jesus to ask Jesus, are you the one or should we expect someone else? Ooh. Out! <laughs> somebody saw the Holy Ghost coming down somebody. Then he heard the, Papa, he heard the Almighty God's voice. He heard the voice of the Lord. God spoke and John heard, this is my beloved son. The same John, few days after, or years, or I don't know how long, Jesus was baptized, maybe when he was about 30. That's what the Bible says. And he was crucified when he was about 33. So within the space of three years, John, that saw the Holy Ghost on Jesus, John, that heard the voice of God saying, this is my beloved son, sent people, to go and ask Jesus that, sorry, are you the one? What happened? The answer of Jesus will let you know what happened to John. Matthew 11. Let's read. Oh, glory to God. I pray that the Spirit of God will help every Christian. These are the days where people are getting offended. And I'm going to tell you why people get offended. Now, Matthew 11. Now, the Bible said that when Jesus, had, verse 1, verse 2. Now, when John heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Are you the one that should come, or should we look for another? 
is asking after seeing that great vision, is asking questions after hearing the audible voice, inaudible voice of God, telling that Jesus was the Messiah or the Son of God. John was asking questions. Now look at it. And Jesus answered and said, you will understand what happened to John from the answer of Jesus. Jesus answered and said, go and show John. Mm. Again, those things that you hear and you see, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised back to life. The gospel is preached to the poor. Verse 6 is the answer. Jesus said, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. I don't know, but scholars have said that when John was arrested, he probably expected Jesus to come and set him free from the prison. When that did not happen, John began to doubt the vision he saw. John began to doubt the voice he heard. John was asking Jesus again, are you the one? What? Oh God. Are you the one? A man you saw, the Holy Ghost descend. You saw when the Holy Ghost came down him. Are you the one, a man that you heard the, the voice of the Almighty God saying, this is my son, a whom I am well pleased. Two years after, you were asking a question, are you the one or not? Jesus spotted his problem. He said, blessed is anyone that is not offended. Offense can make you doubt all, that the all the things that God has done in your life. I have seen people who have belonged to a Christian group, if I'm where they, they have testified of great things that the Lord has done there in their lives. And in a moment, they turn around to speak evil of the same people. Offense. It's a root of bitterness that defiles people. Hallelujah. And we have to understand, you know, Jesus said, as he began to teach in Matthew 18, then he said to them from verse 15, if your brother offend thee, go and tell him. In other words, in believers' community, there is a possibility, not only a possibility, it is certain that somebody will offend you. But here is the truth which you don't like saying. You yourself, you have offended people before. That is why Paul prayed that prayer. He said, I pray that, you, that your love may abound more and more. Because it takes love to deal with offenses. If you are not rooted and grounded in love, you will hold men's offense against them. You will hold because you haven't come to. Even though you know a man can never be God and God is not a man. Even the best of men do make mistakes. And when they do, and you are not grounded in love, you become offended. Those who hate pastors most that I've seen of it are those who have served with pastors before. An unmet expectation. Have you forgotten that no matter how noble-minded, no matter how great a man, that doesn't mean he won't offend you. It's only God that is perfect. Some of the uh, reasons for offenses, at times, they are not even true. Some are offended because somebody said something about something, someone to you, you have not even waited for the person to offend you. You've already believed what they have said and your heart is made up against them. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, if your brother offends, he said, go and tell him. I have discovered within my years of being born again, going to 28 years or thereabout now, 
I have discovered very early in life. I've discovered that this is the most violated scripture in the Bible among believers. No, we don't tell, we don't follow what Jesus said. Even though we are called Christians like Christ, but we don't. Jesus said, if your brother offends you, go tell your brother. We don't. We first tell someone else. And make that someone else to believe something evil about the brother also. As simple as that instruction is, believers violate it more than fornication or any other thing. As simple as it is. When people are offended, they tell someone else. Jesus said, because you need to give your brother a chance to apologize, to repent, or to explain himself. People are together in the unit in the church. The HOD says something. Somebody can't call somebody at the end. See, when we get to, I, I, I will talk more another day about believers' community. Things you should avoid. Gossips. The leader says something. Somebody calls somebody as they're on their way home. Say, uh, uh, what the HOD said the other time. And this one. Why didn't the apostle tell the HOD, excuse me, I think, let's look at this one. But believers don't do that. Somebody says something you don't like. You see the person every day, you don't say anything. Then you call someone, do you know what he said about me? You have already violated the instruction of the Bible. If your brother offends, the Bible says, the first person should tell is that brother. When we do this, see, Satan knows that when that is done, many times you will easily forgive. Because by the time you tell the person, you might discover that things did not exactly happen the way you once thought they happened. But we don't even give the benefit of that. We tell someone else. And then that's that's how it does. That's how, that, that, that's, how they, that, that's how they do in that church. This is what believers do. And Paul started praying that your love may abound more and more. That you might approve things that are excellent and be sincere without offense. Without offense. You see, one of the reasons why people get offended, for everybody watching me, there is no man you get close to. When you are close enough, there will be occasions for you to be offended. There is nobody you follow. You see, the church is not perfect. Jesus is perfect. When Jesus was on earth, if you study from, I think that should be Luke 19. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Why Zacchaeus could not see Jesus was, the Bible said, because of the press. <laughs> Um, press are still doing the same thing nowadays, but that, that's just, I don't mean to say press are bad, but the press, the Bible was talking about their crowd. But also at times, press don't let people see Jesus because of stories they write again, but, but that's not my. So you have the crowd. After the crowd, so in other words, let me paint a picture. Jesus will be at the center. Twelve disciples will surround him. Then the crowd will surround the disciples. Probably 12 disciples, 70, and the crowd. Zacchaeus could not see Jesus because it was obscured by two layers. First layer, the crowd. Second layer, the disciples. It's still happening that way. The disciples are not perfect. Now you have people who say things against church so that people don't come to Christ. They think they are helping God, but they are discouraging people from coming to Christ. That is the crowd. That is the press. You also have believers 
who misbehave and misrepresent Jesus Christ. They also make it difficult for people to see Jesus. So Jesus is not being seen as he should because of misrepresentation, the layer of the press. Number two, because of the disciples who cover him and misrepresent him. Another good example you will find in the Bible, you know, they brought little children to Jesus Christ. This is why, before you get offended, take your time to find out. Things might not be the way you see them. They brought little children to Jesus to pray and the disciples rebuked them. That wasn't the plan of Jesus. Sometimes, disciples of Jesus do things that are contrary to the will of the master. And people can interpret Jesus that way. Oh, these are Christians. This is what they have done. I'm not interested again. But Jesus said, let little children come. If you did not come out that time to see that the children were about to be sent away, one of the parents might have thought that Jesus was the one that told the disciples to tell the children to go away. What's all the same thing that happened with the blind, a blind man? Jesus was going through Jericho. And the blind man was saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him to shut up. If Jesus did not stand, if he did not ask the guy to come, many people might have thought that it was Jesus that told them to tell him to shut up. Church can misrepresent Jesus. But I said, this will help you. The moment to realize that men are making their best attempts to represent God, but men are not perfect. People can bring a word of God to you, can pray for you, and they can do something knowingly or unknowingly that you might not like. Stop getting offended. There is nobody watching me right now that will say that I have never offended anybody before. So why are you finding it difficult to let go when it is you? We must, in the body of Christ, preach like never before about the love of God and how believers should be rooted and grounded in love. Otherwise, we continue to trip off because of small, small things. Some have left some churches because an usher offended them. I, I have watched some believers, the way they behave, as if they are waiting for somebody to offend them so that they can escalate, they can explode. They love. So I have been with people for 15 years. On the 16th year, the person made a mistake. And that is the yardstick you will use to judge. That is what you hold on to. All the goodness of 15 years forgotten. Offense. Jesus said many shall be offended. They shall betray one another. I have seen in my life, my young life, people that you have given things to four times. And on the fifth occasion, you, you say, oh, oh, I don't have much now. That's the one they hold on to and they get offended. And they report it to people. They don't talk about good things that you have done. They stay with that one thing, offense. The ABC of Christianity is to learn to forgive. That is the ABC of Christianity. And what will help you is that if somebody does something you don't like, you will tell the person first. Don't tell someone else. In believers' community among saints of the most high, when we go by this one rule, casualties will be minimized in our midst. I believe 
maybe over 70% of casualties in the body of Christ, how we hit one another, offend one another, will be solved if we follow the simple instruction that Jesus gave. If your brother offends you, I say this with, sad, with all sadness. I know pastors. A pastor said something that affected them. They, in fact, they thought he was talking about them. 15 years ago, 15 years after, no word, no greeting, no nothing. Just under an assumption that he was preaching against me. Where is the place of forgiveness? That's why you have so many battles in the body of Christ among believers. The foundation of Christianity is forgiveness, the love of God. He came to forgive. He came, he brought forgiveness. And we have to offer the same. But it's like it's the most difficult thing for believers to do. We'd rather talk about it. We'd rather tell someone else than to tell that person. You see the person in church every Sunday, yet you are discussing him or her with someone else. Can you imagine? I said, you give me this, he refused to. I said this one and he did this. And we multiply envy, anger, based on this. Hallelujah. I would say, lest there be any roots of bitterness. And many be defiled. You know, I read the scripture and I want us to read. I want to read the scripture. It's in Proverbs 18, 19. I believe it ought not to be so among believers. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18, 19. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like bars of a castle. Now, I want to say this to everybody watching. This will help you. You must believe if you don't want to get bitter and offended in life. Anything you do, do it for the Lord. And do it because of the Lord. Any other reason might bring offense eventually. Especially when people don't reciprocate or they don't appreciate what you have done. All my life, I must have had over 10 different people who have lived with me. People always live with me. Now, those who have stayed with me have never looked back in years to even find out. Because I did it in the name of the Lord and it is the Lord that rewards, I cannot get offended and I cannot hold it against them. Ministers of God, a pastor can pour himself into someone, train. I know pastors who pay people school fees, help and help and help, there for them day and night. And then a little prosperity, they moved away. And the pastor got so offended to the point of depression, setting it. If you are a man of God and you are listening to me, it ought not to be so. Whatever a Christian does, you must do it for the Lord. Otherwise, you are going to be in for a rude shock. If you do things so that people can remember you and appreciate you, you're already in trouble. Because most people will not. God is the rewarder. He did not say, those who help will reward you. No, God will reward you for everybody you help. But it might not come from the same people you have helped. It doesn't work that way. 
I have seen on social media, on Facebook in particular, people complaining. I serve, serve, serve in that church, nothing. Did you serve the church or you serve Jesus Christ? It will be good at the beginning to iron out these issues. Otherwise, one day you get bitter and you get offended. It is the antidote. Whatever. Number one, be rooted and grounded. Number two, anything you do, anything you do, do it in the name of the Lord and for the sake of Christ. Anything you do. Otherwise, you might get offended. You might use your life to serve somebody, maybe a boss in there to do so much, and then nothing in return. And then you are angry. And then you don't want to go to church again. And then you don't want to even talk to God again. Because you have placed a man as a rewarder instead of God rewarding you. I watch a young man that I used to know. Of course, he was a little older then. I'm using the word young man. I watch him. He was with a particular pastor for years in a, in a particular city. And he was the keyboardist and he used to compose songs and everything. He felt he was doing it for the Lord and everything. There was a fallout between them. Now he's seriously on, on, he's on different places. He's even taking up a legal case against the pastor to be paid for what he said he did for free that time. I'm not saying uh, the church didn't take advantage of it, but I'm just wondering what has changed in his attitude? This I've just said, now the people of the world will applaud you. They'll tell you you are doing the right thing. Take him up. But is that the way of love? In our days of everybody share your truth, love and forgiveness, they are not a common thing that people will tell you. They will tell you, take your own pound of flesh on him. Retaliate. And as you speak, people will applaud you. Yes, share your truth. Say your mind. Say your heart. But is that the way of the Lord? Oh, is what the other person, what, what the past is that? No. But you see, God is a judge. God is the judge, and the judge is going to judge every man. It's a statement that our generation hates because we are hasty. We want to talk and judge all men. Whether there is only one true judge. Are you following? I believe the church of Christ can get to a point where we can let go of offenses. How long does it take you to forgive and let go? Hallelujah. Are you watching me? Do you allow people to come to your house and they begin to talk evil of other people and you allow them to continue? A believer should have the courage of telling somebody, see, if you do so, they will stop. Say, brother, sister, thank you for coming around, but I don't think I want to hear what you are saying about someone else. This is your second time of speaking evil of this person or third time. I don't think it's proper. If there's anything between you and the person, why don't you call the person? You have pointed them back to the word of the Lord. They might get angry mentally, but you have helped them. Otherwise, people will come around. Some people, they just have that gift. Of course, the gift can't be from God. The gift of setting brethren against brethren. And when Solomon saw it, he said there are seven, six things that the Lord hates. 
He says, seven are abomination unto him. I pay attention to words of the Bible. It is one thing for the Bible to say something is a sin. It's another thing for the Bible to say something is wrong. It's a terrible thing for the Bible to say something is an abomination to God. It means God, so God resents that thing. One of those things that abomination, the Bible says that not for the Bible says, he that sowed discord among brethren. Those who separate, who turn brothers against brothers, turn a brother against another brother, a sister against another, that's those who sow seed of discord. It's an abomination to the law. It grieves the law to his heart. When a mortal man is doing that, you are sowing seed of discord. You are the one whispering something, calling someone to add someone's attention to something that will make him get angry. I want to know the way he talks to you. I don't like the way he talks to you. The person never saw anything for until you spoke. Can't you see they are just using you? You are not a... And you are the one dropping points and words like that. Sowing discord among brethren. For those who are watching me, this is what you do. When you are in a group, a meeting, and they say A or B, any question, you refuse to ask anything. But on your way home, you tap somebody in the group and say, hey, I don't know why she said that thing. I don't know why she said that thing. You are beginning to sow discord among brethren. When they ask for questions and clarification, why didn't you raise your hand to say, excuse me, I think 7 o'clock is too early, can we make it 8? Why must you wait till on your way home? You are now poisoning two other people. Why are they asking us to come 7 o'clock? Don't you think it's wrong? They will now start also thinking, yeah, they, ah, 7 is too early. They were not thinking so before. You sow the seed into their hearts. But then you had your chance inside to have said, excuse me, 7 o'clock is too early for me. But you refused. I have seen how offended people react. Oh, it's a terrible thing. Offense. So the Bible said that I pray that you will be sincere without offense. Sincere without offense. Sincere without offense. Till the day of Christ. It's a prayer that we have to pray for those who are under our sphere of influence. That they be sincere without offense. Oh, I have had reasons to have been offended in my life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When I was in GSS3, that was when I got born again. There was a lady in our class who had been born again from GSS1. And she loved the Lord. She was among those who influenced my decision for Christ. And the first time I attended fellowship, I attended, then they made an announcement in the second that we should come and mop the floor of the fellowship later. So I said, okay. So the following day, I didn't remember the time they said we should have mopped the floor. So I saw this girl inside the school and I wanted to ask her, excuse me, what time did they say? Maybe she felt I wanted to toast her, whatever. Oh, she gave me a arrow. She said, excuse me, don't talk to me. And the next thing that Satan, uh, that, that, that popped up my, inside me, I just remember. So this is what the SU is all about. She'll be preaching in the class. I just wanted to ask her a question and this one. But I remember from inside this thing rose that I did not get born again for her. I belong to Christ. Thank God I never. In that same second, I became the president of fellowship later. Satan wanted to derail me, but God saved me. Offense. When I was in UI, I, know, I, I used to know a guy. Because he asked out a girl, he was going to a church opposite UI. 
or one of the churches around this school. He asked out this girl, and the girl said no. Then the girl started dating someone else who was maybe uh, the lead singer in the church. So he went to meet the pastor and said, she was my friend. Is it because I cannot sing? All of a sudden, she's dating this other guy. And the pastor said, well, I cannot tell her who to date or who not to date. You are all university students. She has her decision to make. This guy said, but pastor. Then he started recounting that pastor, have you ever asked me to do anything this other I did not do? And the pastor said that you have been a good boy. But I cannot tell a guy, I can't command a girl to say yes to you. By the time we're leaving UI, the guy was already a court member. Offense. He got so angry that once he finished that meeting with that pastor and he couldn't persuade the pastor to tell the girl, he got to his room, he tore his Bible and he started drinking. Offense. Offense. You know how many people are angry with the church they belong to because they, they were not made a leader? Offense. Sincere without offense till the day of Christ. Sincere without offense till the day of Christ. Oh, Father, we bless your name. We worship you. If you are watching me and there are things already rising inside you, I know there are people watching me right now. You have not started speaking against the body of Christ, the church, but gradually you are getting there. You need to pray that root of bitterness should be removed. Yes. The most vocal voices against the church, once served in the church, all over the world, is the same thing. Those who sit down to do video and face church and say church is this, is that. Those who call the names of other pastors, were once friends with that pastor. Go and check. It has become now they do a video and call those same pastors who were their friends some years back devils. Offense. I have seen people bad mounting a program because they were not invited to sing there. They used to adore the program. They were once invited and then the following year the apostle did not invite them and they got angry and then now they say, God is not in that meeting. He just he can't born. Are you watching me? Are you already feeling offended? Are you beginning to disbelieve what you once believed because of offense? Are you like John? You belong to a group. You celebrated the group some years back. Something happened. Now you are speaking evil of all of them. Say, don't all those people. Oh, you celebrated a friend or something and you speak evil of the same person because of something. You are so offended. You imagine that organization falling down. Like some wish they should, like some people, they wish that they want to see that happen to the church. Can you imagine a pastor made a statement on social media, on Facebook, that he would rather see, he would rather see, he would rather live in a Nigeria where there is not a single church, nobody praying, than a church that in Nigeria that has redeemed winners and some of those churches. 
I believe you'll know that that cannot be coming from the Spirit of God. Bitterness. Offense. Paul says some pre Christ out of envy. See, I have not shared faiths, revelations. I have called our attention to the foundation of Christianity. I go born again on that scripture, you know, this way the thing they schooled us in. This, they taught us these things. We did Bible study on them. Forgiveness, love, letting go of things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands and just bless his name. I pray for everybody watching me. The same prayer that Paul prayed. That you'll be, that your love will abound more and more in all wisdom, in all spiritual understanding. That you might approve things that are excellent and be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. Thank you. God bless you. I know there are probably people watching. You've been deeply wounded by a man of God, by a church, or by a friend. I know. There are genuine wounds. I know people have been but the answer is still to love and forgive. Yes. People have been wounded. It's true. Either through the carelessness of the church, of a man of God, of a friend, or some people have been wounded because also in the church of Christ, we have wolves. Wolves among sheep who have preyed on some people and have done abominable things. But don't define the body by your experience with a wolf. There are other sheep. I know that word is for somebody. Maybe you have been to a place and you discover they were even lying about calling upon the name of Jesus. It was an occulted place. And you, you, your experience there was a serious torment. It was terrible. And now you define every church that way. When you hear church, you don't want to because of the experience. Maybe you've been among somebody, you've fallen into the hands of somebody who called himself a prophet or pastor or whatever, and he cheated you, used you, messed up your life, and you are angry. Jesus is not so. Yes. And it's not new. Paul talked about false prophets in his time also. He talked about false ministers of Christ. You cannot let that bitterness sit here. And say, me, church, God forbid, because of your experience with one. Don't let wolves chase you away from the shepherd, the true shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd. May his grace rest on you and may his blessings rest on you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you.